Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You see, somebody probably cleaned him up and put some clothes on him. Sometimes that's the role that we're supposed to have. When we meet people, we do what we can do. We let God do what he can do. Huh? Sometimes don't be offended by people who come to us who need to be clothed. Hey, but for the grace of God, we're there with them. Don't despise those people. Somebody did this. And I believe we're the somebodies. Our lives today are so hectic. We sleep, we eat, we work, and we repeat it all over again. We have less and less meaningful interaction with others as time goes by. But is that how we as believers should behave? Certainly not. We're to be about our Father's business. And a big part of His ministry is serving others. So stop for a moment and look around you. There are so many people who are hurting or in need. There are families and children without clothing and proper nutrition. There are fathers who can't find jobs. There are countless people who are starving for the truth of God's Word. So when you see someone in need, don't just walk on by. Ask God how and if you're to lend a hand. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 10, for our continuing study entitled, Tell It Like It Is. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You see, the demon knew his outcome. They were eventually going to be placed with Satan and all his cohorts into the lake of fire, separated from God forever. We call it by lots of names, hell. Forever separated from God. No chance. This demon says, don't torture me before my appointed time. In other words, is the time now? You, you mean you're going to put us there on hold until that day? We must tell it like it is. This morning, if you remain in the kingdom of Satan, if you don't accept Jesus Christ's work on the cross for you personally, you will be with the demons and Satan in the lake of fire, separated from God forever. That's why Jesus went from this side of the lake to this side of the lake, because his heart was after saving a fallen man and a woman. He knew the outcome. You need to know the outcome. This word of God is true. Every word will come true. Not one thing is false. And our outcome this morning is very simple. Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Kingdom of God, we'll live with God in heaven forever. Lots of wonderful things there. You remember, I'm going to have the island of Hawaii, you're going to have Mims. Remember we went through that? Okay. We're going to have a great time. But over here, we miss the severity of what's going to happen. See, hell this morning is real. And we need to understand the severity of that. 
It isn't fun. And this is what Jesus was trying to say. And really, this was the whole focus for this demon. He says, I know we're going there, but we don't want to go there yet. Is this the appointed time? And look what Jesus said to him in verse 8. Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Now, Jesus ordered the spirit to come out of the man. But initially, the man was not freed. How could that be? Well, here's why. Jesus then asked another question. Look at verse 9. And then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. So what did Jesus mean? Follow this. Jesus says to the man possessed, come out of him. And nothing happens. That's strange for Jesus. So Jesus knew something else was there because he had spoken to a single demon. So he says to him, well, wait a minute. What's your name? Now realize, this isn't the man talking, this is the demon's talking. And the demon responds, this is real, the demon responds, my name is Legion. Now, the Roman part of the country they were in, a legion was known basically in the Romans as 6,000 soldiers. We don't know, you can't project how many demons are there. We're just going to say there was more than one, many, more than one. So Jesus immediately realizes that Inside this man, this is hard for us to gain an understanding of, housed in this man's body was an organized, powerful, satanic force, maybe numbering as many as 6,000 demons inside. Now, Peter and the disciples were watching this. I believe Peter was probably there, and when he heard this man say 6,000, what do you think Peter said? Jesus, let's go get in the boat now. I believe Jesus was there. and I, You know Peter, bold Peter. Hey, I told you we shouldn't have come over to this side. Let's go, man. Let's go. We're going back to this. 6,000? And, of course, Jesus said, 6,000. Man, let's go, Peter. I'm running to the boat, too. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that? You see, 6,000 or one makes no difference to God. Gideon only needed 300. He didn't even need 300. But Gideon thought he did. See, God's power is greater. So we see what happens here in verse 10. Jesus doesn't leave. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. And what area are we in? The east side of Galilee. And what are in that area? Pagans. Now the horde of demons knew one thing. Look what he keeps asking. The horde of demons knew this man was freed already. He'd met Jesus. All they were concerned with is where are we going? Now the reason for that is this. Demons want to remain in places, animals, preferably people. They want to be in bodies. So they know this man's going to be freed. All they're saying is, where are you sending us? It's not our point in time. We want to remain in this area because we want to torment more people. Verse 11. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Please allow us to go in to them. Now remember what I told you about the pigs at the beginning. This is like equals like. The pigs were associated with fertility cult. So the demons knew this. And they said, If there's no people here, we'll reside in the pigs. Verse 13, it says, And he gave them possession. 
And the pigs became possessed by the devil. And this is where we get deviled ham. All right. Good. Hmm. Balmer's translation. He says he gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out, went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now notice, this is again has to do with our misunderstanding of spiritual things. We didn't call a special service to deliver anybody. We didn't have all kind of hocus pocus involved. We didn't sing 43 choruses. Jesus just said what? Be gone. Now by the way, don't play in things of the spirit if your life is filled with sin as a Christian. You're playing dangerously. If there's a demon possession, happening in an unbeliever, then you need to come to the eldership. We'll pray and fast and then approach in the power of Jesus Christ. You'll see at the end of the book of Mark that you also are given that power. And I'm not saying you can't, just make sure you're spiritually ready. For sure you can. There's nothing important about us. It's the God in us that makes the difference. So don't go in your own power. I was reading an article recently of a church that tried to do this and they murdered the woman. Two three-hour sessions stomping on her, trying to get the demons out in California. This is a true story. They're in prison right now. They're in jail right now, waiting trial. Now, what does that say to the world? It says we don't have much power. Well, they didn't go in God's power, obviously. And when a man's power, how sad. You see, Satan stands back and goes, how sad. So Jesus doesn't put on a show. He just says, go. And they're gone in the name of Jesus. Now, the pigs were so shocked at being possessed by these demons that they, they ran off into the, into the water. One by one, it says, that's really what the Greek text means. One by one, they just follow one another. And here they are, 2,000 of them drowned in the lake. And that gives us a couple of pictures. One, nothing's impossible with God. And here's the man standing there watching all the demons go. Every single one of them drowned into the pigs. Wonderful. Point number four this morning is this. Salvation results... In a changed life, real life. Verse 14. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. Well, you can imagine this. You've been charged to tending these pigs, the 2,000 pigs. When you see the pigs go into the water, how do you feel? Not too good. You're off to town, and you're going to say, uh, We started the day with 2,000. We, we have none. Hello? So they go into town and say, you won't believe it. You've got to come out and see it. Come out and look at them. They're bloated. They're upside down in the water. You've got to see it. So they ran into town. While they're doing this, to get these people to come out, the owners, to see this picture, there's another picture that Mark paints. We see it in verse 15. What a great picture. It says, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who, and you might want to underline this, had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Instead of running wildly, this man, the book of Luke tells us, was sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
He was at peace with God. Instead of being totally naked, he was clothed. Who gave him the clothes? We don't know. Somebody did. You see, somebody probably cleaned him up and put some clothes on him. Sometimes that's the role that we're supposed to have. When we meet people, we do what we can do. We let God do what he can do. Huh? Sometimes don't be offended by people who come to us who need to be clothed. Hey, but for the grace of God, we're there with them. Don't despise those people. Somebody did this. And I believe we're the somebodies. This man is clothed. Instead of being totally deranged, he's in his right mind. Sound, self-controlled mind. This is a great picture. The before. Screaming, cut, bruised, hurting. No peace to the after. Totally at peace. Clothed. Right mind. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says it like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. You see, that will happen to anyone who will take Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. God comes in and delivers this man from sin, from his bondage. He's in right relationship with God. His sins are forgiven. Today, the word says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You see, that means in every area of our life, Jesus didn't come to destroy, but we see the purpose for Jesus here. He came to bring life in that abundantly. Freedom and not bondage. Obviously, as we look around our world today, there are many people who Satan continues to lie to, and he says this, well, yeah, but I've sinned too much. My lifestyle is too gross. There's no hope for me. Write these verses down, and I'll read them to you. Don't turn to them because we don't have time. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Let me read them to you. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, who are the wicked? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Whew. Not much hope, is there? Well, look what Paul says. And that is what some of you were. Were. Past tense. God is not at all interested in your past life. He's interested in your future life. See, God is a God of today and the future. God can change your life this morning. Any life. That's what this story says. Verse 16. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to do what? How interesting. To leave their area. Now what would be in the mind of these people when they come and they see a man that they knew in the town? They couldn't hold him. He's totally healed. He's dressed. He's right. He's clean. His mind is right. And yet they say to Jesus, get out of here. We don't want you. 
I think a couple of things. Number one, they valued possessions more than people. You see, some of them were probably the owners of the pig. They didn't care that the man was freed. They were interested in their possessions. Some of them were very satisfied with their pagan lifestyle. Satan had deceived them, blinded their eyes. They thought they were free even though they were bound. They were unaware of their sinful nature. They just lived status quo. They live for today. I think it's very interesting that this young man was totally freed in front of them, and yet they didn't get it. Listen to this. The very same Satan who had bound this man and possessed him with hundreds to thousands of demons was the very same Satan that was in control of every one of their lives. This is the hard part for us to understand. These people who said to Jesus, we don't want you, Satan controlled them. They were dressed, they were, quote, in their right mind, except blinded spiritually. Same Satan, same control, just from the outside, looked different. Notice something very important, not everybody wants to be free. Point number five, tell it like it is right where you are. Look at verse 18. As Jesus was getting in the boat, what does that tell you? The people had come from this pagan culture and said to Jesus, get out of here. We don't want you. We're not interested in your religion. We're not interested in being, quote, free. And Jesus says, well, before I go, I'm going to preach to you a few more sermons. I'm going to leave you some tapes. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the heavens and the kingdom of Satan. And I'm going to deal with you some while. Is that what Jesus does? Notice what he does. Very interesting. He does what? He gets in the boat and leaves. You see, this is very important for you. If you're not a believer, Jesus will never climb into your boat unless you ask him. You see, these people said, leave. Jesus said, I'm out of here. We would like to drag him down here, wouldn't we? You can imagine this man that was healed saying, are you crazy? I'm free. Come on, Jesus, talk to these guys some more. And Jesus said, I'm in the boat and I'm out of here. That's a sad picture. You see, if you ever see in your life Jesus in the boat and going to the other side, you better call him back now. Because there's only so many times I believe that Jesus comes into our lives. These people rejected him. They said, we don't want him. Jesus left. You can't ever force anybody to salvation. Now, the man who had been demon-possessed did one thing. He begged to go with him. Do you blame him? I mean, who's he left with? He's freed. He sees Jesus. He knows what Jesus can do. He's the only one where? Left in this pagan world. He says, Jesus, I'd like to go with you, man. Please take me. If we can't blame him, we would like to do it too. Look what Jesus says, verse 19. And Jesus did not let him, but he said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. You see, Jesus wasn't trying to be mad or harsh on this young man. Jesus was trying to say to the young man this, Young man, I traveled from this side of the lake to this side of the lake to do one thing, to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, it's happened in you. So it would be nice to have you go back with us to the Jewish side because that's where I'm going back to. But I'm going to let you remain over here as the only light in a world of darkness because my goal is to seek and save that which is lost. You see, Jesus said, 
no, I don't want you at my feet. I want you here to be a witness. Now, we know from history that this area, the Decapolis, and whatever later on, becomes very well Christianized. In fact, later on in one of the Gospels, Jesus comes again to this side of the shore, and the people rush out to meet him. Now, how'd that happen? You know how it happened? Very easy. Look at verse 20. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Look back at verse 19. Jesus says, go home. That word in the Greek, home, means your immediate family. Your immediate family. What does he say to him? How long had this man been out of his home? Did he have children? What did his wife think of him? He'd been living in caves. And he said to the man, your first responsibility of sharing Jesus Christ is with who? Your family. My greatest privilege and responsibility. The second thing he says there, go home and to your family. That word family in the Greek means bigger. It means extended family. It means to your world. So Jesus is saying this. You must tell it like it is. Be the light of the world. Go to your relatives and go to your world. He goes. Now what is witnessing? Notice in verse 20, he says he goes and he begins to tell the people. This man had no Bible. This man had no college degree. This man had not been through first steps. This man didn't have a clue what happened to him other than one thing, a changed life. That's what witnessing is. The most powerful witness in the world is this. This is who I was before Jesus. This is who I am after Jesus. Nothing more needs to be said. What are you waiting on? You see, Jesus was trying to say to this young man, well, come to the other side. I'm going to spend three years of Bible school. And once you learn the Roman road and a few of those things, I mean, you live by the Roman road, you'll be able to share the light. No, he leaves them without a church, without membership, just with a changed life. You see, witnessing, we have to tell it like it is this morning. Witnessing is simply telling others what God has done in your life. A changed life is the greatest proof of God's love and power. Christians, I want to ask you two things. When was the last time you shared your life with an unsafe friend, neighbor, or coworker? Not the word, your life. Not the four spiritual laws. You sat down and said, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Are your possessions more important than people. And the second question I want to ask you this morning is this. Do you care enough to share? You see, I find the church this morning as a whole on this side of the lake. We're comfortable. We're in our environment. The world's out there. We want to stay here. What did Jesus do? He got out of his comfort zone and went where? To where they were. Do you care enough to share? Do you realize that your relatives and friends and neighbors, and mine too, if they don't come to Jesus Christ, are going to spend eternity without Him in hell, separated? I can't force anybody, but I sure can share from love when God opens the door. Pastor Mark has been exhorting us to tell it like it is to be bold witnesses for the truth of God's Word, to go out and be His hands and feet extended, to share with others the hope that we have in Jesus. Walk in truth. Walk in love. 
Allow others to see the work of God's grace in your life. Don't just speak the word, but be a doer of the word. Show others what it looks like to be a child of the King. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll learn what it really means to have faith. You see, it's easy for us to say we have faith in God, but when push comes to shove, it's a whole different story. Regardless of whether you're in a trial or not, we need to have faith in God and trust in the plan that He has for our lives. We can't lean on our own understanding. We have to believe in Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.